Welcome back, friends, to the Open Door Chess Podcast. Today we are talking about the four steps you need to take in your opening so that you start off on the right path and you're one step closer to checkmating your opponents. Let's look at it. Alright, let's get into it. I am your host, Billy, and you are listening to the Open Door Chess Podcast, where we help adults play chess better even if they have not played in years. Now, today we're looking at the four steps you want to implement in the opening of each of your games so that you avoid confusion and you have a game plan for those first 10 moves of play. All right, so let's dive right in. Um, the first thing to note, if you're playing online, you don't need to shake your opponent's hand. But if you're playing in person, uh, definitely be respectful out there while you're having fun. Shake hands before your game, shake hands after your game. Um, let's just be good sports out there. All right, so the real step number one is to move one or two of your center pawns. Now, what I mean by that is you are moving your D pawn your very first move should be your, if you're just starting out, should be your D-pawn two squares or your E-pawn two squares. This is a great place to start. Now this does a couple things for you. It establishes some center control and it also allows some opening for your bishop to develop later in the game or your queen to develop later in the game. So it gives you more space. Now another thing it does is it doesn't block in your bishops. So if you move a pawn, let's say one square, let's say you move your e-pawn one square, do you see that now your bishop next to your queen is blocked in by two pawns and it's going to be harder to get that bishop out? So if you want to save yourself some time, definitely be moving your pawn, either one of them or both of them if your opponent lets you, two squares, okay? Step number two is to win the race. Now what do I mean by that? What I mean is that you are developing your minor pieces next. Now, your minor pieces in chess are your knights and your bishop. Your major pieces are your queen and your rooks, okay? So you want to get those bishops out and those knights out as quickly as possible. Now, when you're pushing these pieces, you want to push them towards the center. There's a saying, knights on the side get fried, and that just means that your knights and your pieces generally are weaker on the sides than they are in the center of the board. They have less control. They have less attacking power. So as you're moving those knights out and as you're moving those bishops out, move them towards the center of the board so you have more power, okay? Now, as you're moving these pieces out, make sure that you're moving them to safe squares and you're not allowing your opponents to just take easy captures. This is one of the most important times of the game is this opening. Um, it really is a race to get your pieces out as quickly as possible. So don't make too many pawn moves. Um, and even as you're developing your minor pieces, try not to move them more than once if possible. Okay, let's move into step number three, which is to castle your king. Why do we castle the king? This is a defensive move, and it's a special move because it lets you move two pieces at the same time. Now, the pieces you're going to be moving are your king and just one of your rooks, and you can choose either. If you castle towards the side of the board where the king is, it's called a king side castle. If you castle towards the side of the board where your queen is, it's called a queen side castle. So you can castle to the left or to the right, and this is the actual movement. The king moves either left or right, two squares. It's always just a two-square move for the king. And it's moving towards the rook it wants to castle with. So if you're castling queenside and you're playing white, 
you're moving to the left two squares. And if you're castling king side and you're playing white, you're moving to the right two squares. Okay, so the king moves two squares. You set it down. Then you grab your rook and it just hops over to the opposite side of the king. Okay, now that's the movement of it. Now it's got a few special rules that you need to be keeping in mind. One is that you cannot castle if there are pieces in between your king and your rook. So if there's a knight in the way or a bishop in the way or a queen in the way, you need to first develop those pieces and get them out of the way before you can castle. The next thing to note is that you cannot castle if you have already moved your king or the rook that you want to castle with. So let's say your opponent checks you like in the opening and instead of just blocking with a pawn or something like that, you instead move your king. You have now lost your ability to castle for the rest of the game, even if you move your king back to that starting square. So keep in mind that you don't want to move your king or the rook you want to castle with before you have had a chance to castle. Okay, next thing to keep in mind with castling is that you are not allowed to castle out of check. If your opponent does check you, one of your better options in the opening is to simply block or just capture the piece if you can, but... Definitely don't move your king because you will lose that ability. And once you're in check, it's too late. Like there's nothing you can do. You have to deal with it. But you cannot castle out of check. Now you also can't castle through check. Now that's a weird thing to say. What does that mean? That means if your opponent has a bishop on the board and it's not checking your king, but it's attacking a square that your king would have to travel through in order to castle, then you can't castle. So remember I said the king has to move two squares in order to castle? If you have an opponent piece attacking one of those two squares, castling is illegal. All of these rules are just reasons to castle earlier in your game so that you don't just get stuck in the middle of the board and have to run your king away. So definitely be castling, I would say, within the first five moves of the game if you can. Okay, we are moving on to step number four, which is control the center. Now, which squares are the center of the board? Those are D4, D5, E4, and E5. They're basically the four center squares for both white and black, smack dab in the middle of the board. Now, you want your pieces on these squares, or you want them in a position that they are in range to just attack these squares. What does this mean? What does this do for you? What this does is that it allows you to limit your opponent's movements while you give yourself the space to really maneuver your pieces in a way that you want to on the board. I like to think of the center of the board as a major interstate or freeway. For me, I'm in Austin and we've got I5 or excuse me, I1 and then we've got I35 here. Um, so 35 is the major highway. It's where a lot of traffic ends up. And I guess it doesn't really translate because 35 is the worst. <laughs> if you're familiar with Austin, you don't want to be on 35. But um, let's say you're in North Dakota and you're on a freeway. You can move a lot faster on that freeway than you can on back roads. So you want to you know, be the one on the freeway. You don't want to be muddling around on the side of the board where your pieces are actually weaker anyway. If you put a knight on the side of the board, that knight has four squares of range versus a knight in the center of the board. If you just count out where all that knight can go, it's now eight squares in the center of the board. So think about that. When you think of your movement and your range of attack, your pieces are a lot better off in the center. So as you're developing your pieces, make sure you're moving them to safe squares, but also keep in mind you want to be 
carving out that chunk of the center for your benefit and not your opponent. Okay, that wraps up the four-step opening guide. I hope this was helpful to you. I hope this helps you crush it on the board and win more of your games. If you'd like a PDF guide going over everything we talked about today and a little more, you can grab that in the show notes there. Just jump in that link. It's going to ask for your email, and um, but it is free if you want to grab that. Aside from that, thank you all for joining me today. I appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, If this was helpful to you, put it in the comments. If you've got a question, put that in the comments too. I'd love to go through and answer and help where I can. All right. Thank you guys and gals. I appreciate you and I will catch you next time. Cheers.